We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman, a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Emily Doyle and Mae Kwok, the co-founders of Dune. I have known May as an incredible DJ for a really long time and was so excited when I found her skincare, aka sunscreen skincare, that she co-founded with Emily. These girls have built an incredible brand and we go deep on what it takes to be co-founders, launch something during the height of the pandemic, and how they overcame fear. Take a listen. Emily and May, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. So let's Let's start this baby off. Let's kick this baby off. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you us. so much for having us. We love you, Becky. Yes, of course. <laughs> so I'm curious how you two met. What made you suited? Because, May, I only knew you as the incredible DJ who has done so many of my shows and parties. <laughs> and, Emily, we got to meet at the Surf Lodge after an eventful weekend uh, yeah. where I launched into a tirade about Gen Z, but that's neither here nor there. You are surrounded um, by a gaggle of gorgeous influencers, as, as one <laughs> is. <laughs> yes. So talk to me about this idea for Dune, how you guys met, the whole thing. Okay, so I'll kick it off. So I'm May. Um, so as you know, I'm known as a DJ, influencer, traveler, surfer, what have you. Um, but for the past pretty like 15 years or like over, over the last decade, I was a production director for The Gathery, which is a ex- experiential marketing agency out in New York. Um, I worked for Nikki and Luigi. I call them my mom and dad. They've taught me everything I, I, I've learned from, um, you know, building a small event and making, to making big events come to life. Um, three of those big events were the Girl Boss Rallies. So I was the production director for the, the first three, um, producing these large, uh, this large scale conference for all women. Um, and Allison was our client. Um, so I got, you know, that was my first step into this like world of like female entrepreneurs and 
it really inspired me. Um, one, I wanted to be like them, but I was more behind the scenes. And that really gave me its little kick in the ass to be like, okay, I want, I want to be my own boss. Um, so I quit my job and uh, sold my 401k and ideated on this uh, business idea that was in the hospitality space. It was more of a wellness um, program. Uh, and luckily it didn't happen because, you know, by March, 2020, it would have completely tanked um, because of COVID. Um, but yeah, when I was ideating on Take Care, I, um, I reached out to Emily because I had met her at a Girl Boss Rally walkthrough. She was managing the property for the row and uh, we kicked it off. And I remember saying to her, I really want to move to LA. Um, I, I love surfing. This is kind of like where I want to be. And she was like, come on by. And, you know, as a woman of my word, three months later, I packed a few of my bags and moved to LA. And that's how we that's met. And then sweet. I pitched her and then, and then I pitched her to be my co-founder to this for take care, which never happened. But then fast forward to March, 2020, we reconvened. <laughs> yeah. So May, and I actually met, we were orbiting around each other for years. I lived in New York for eight years working in fashion prior to moving up to LA. I'm actually back in New York now. I moved back to my favorite coast. Sorry, May, um, <laughs> about three weeks ago. But um, actually, the last party that I went to two days before I moved to LA was a CFTA nominee party. And May was the DJ. And having worked in fashion for a number of years and working on the communication side, always seeing a number of lists. I saw May's name, you know, <laughs> she was like the it cool girl. And um, it was just so funny that, you know, we just kept kind of circling around one another. And then when she pitched me a very, in a very formal manner at a coffee shop to be her co-founder of Take Care, which at the time I didn't really have a bandwidth to take on. Plus I, I was like, girl, this is going to be so much work. Like, the amount of people, A, it's going to take in cash to, to launch this thing. But she was like a dreamer. And I, I had so much respect for her. And the branding was beautiful. Um, so I respectfully said no. And then two months, two, two months, two years later, literally week two of COVID, I was like doing yoga and uh, building an herb garden. And May was on a weekend long surf trip in Puerto Rico where COVID was literally announced. She was there to like go from a Friday to a Monday and COVID was announced on like a Saturday. And um, she called me in a panic. I think at the time the news was saying that COVID was gonna last five weeks, which May has always had a deep intuition if something's bullshit. And she called me and she was <laughs> like, COVID isn't lasting five weeks. I'm freaking out. I'm in full blown lockdown. I'm in this like tiny studio Airbnb <laughs> looking out to the beach, which could be a larger tease. And I think now we have the time and space to build our dream company. And the idea to build SunCare honestly was immediate. We, we didn't even, we didn't spend much time uh, ruminating on the category uh, really at all. We just combined our passions and our lifestyles. I had had, you know, an experience in my time working at Mara Hoffman, um, you know, launching or spearheading the licensee partnership um, with Sephora, which was a two-year deal. We challenged the Sephora team, which is like unbelievable thing to say because it wasn't even a decade ago. 
And in that time, clean beauty has completely swept the industry. Um, but Sephora had never built a clean beauty line ever before. Um, we approached them with the idea. And um, we also instituted sustainable materials in the bag and brush line. It was a two-year deal. I was kind of at the helm of that from like contract negotiation points to ideating and executing on large-scale PR marketing strategies. Um, and it was a massive undertaking. So I understood really the beauty space inside and out and really became much more well-versed in ingredients and the ingredient story. Um, but yeah, we were like, you know, sun care is such an untapped category. It's tiny. Um, we were breaking it out into two sectors, both mass and specialty. A lot of the specialty brands that we were loving and coveting were speaking mainly to women, not to knock women. Obviously, we're here today. We love our women, but sun and so expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. And it was so accessible at retail. Some of our favorite, um, you know, products were only really available at Sephora at the time. And um, we said sunscreen's not marginalized. Everyone has skin. Um, sunscreen is for everyone to wear every day year round, no matter how dark your skin tone. It's truly the number one beauty product in the market. The only preventative in skincare. We always said like you could buy a $150 serum from Space and K and Bloomingdale's and it's a hundred percent less effective at making you look young and gorgeous, <laughs> like a $6, you know, spray sunscreen from CVS. And, and that is a fact. Um, so we really like started grinding. We solicited the help of our first partner, which was our lab and is our lab still today for our launch collection, uh, which includes three SKUs. Um, we went over a hundred experiments in the life cycle development to get, a, get to final formulations. We wanted to create the first clear gel sun care line in the U.S. packed with clinically proven skincare benefits. So all of our products would not just protect your skin. They would also perfect your skin and they were for everyone. So we had so much fun with our marketing. We brought on all of our buddies, like Emma Morrison, who's a famous celebrity stylist is our friend. Like these guys came on for peanuts, by the way, like this is where, you know, relationships really are everything. And you know, this probably better than anyone. Um, Christian Hogstead, who I had, I was a founding partner of with um, his wife, Erin Walsh, also a celebrity stylist for a digital magazine called Subject Journal that we launched in New York before I moved to LA, came on and shot all of our campaigns. He is uh, the right hand to Mario Testino, so, or was. So we like, we got together like a bank of the, probably the most talented people in their respective industries. And we're like, please come help us out. Um, and we swear we'll never cheat on you. We'll bring you back into the fold for as long as we can, <laughs> and we will, and we have. Yeah. Um, but- so what you guys did took incredible risk in many facets. May, you cashed out what probably, you know, is something you thought you needed at age 65, right? So that, that <laughs> yes. um, Emily, you jumped ship and... <laughs> you know, decided to go all in with someone who I, I know you knew, but being a partner with someone you sort of learn sometimes is not always um, easy. So what, what do you think was within both of you that made you take these risks? I want to ask also caveat that during the global pandemic, we, uh, you know, we had lost. Oh, our- and that too. 
Well, we lost our jobs. (laughs) This is probably the biggest risk and the biggest source of our fear was that we didn't have an income. Um, And we also really had to swallow our egos because at that point in our lives, we had really risen the ranks in our respective industries. And there's a lot of ego that comes with that. It's like, wow, we all go to call, you know, we all work our asses off in high school to get into the best college possible. Then in college, we're all working with college counselors to determine what our best career is going to be. We have to get internships in the summers. And then, you know, you're hustling, particularly in New York. I mean, that's, that's definitely the mentality. So, you know, we had reached a point where we were in our early to mid thirties. Um, and at that point you're on the path, you know, you've, you've done the work, you're on the path and all of that kind of crumbled to the ground. And so we, um, it was grinding every day. I was putting one foot in front of the other, taking a government check. I sold a, a lot of my stocks, my Disney stocks yeah. to pay for our first production run. And unbeknownst to me and myself, we had no idea how much time and money it would require to launch a sunscreen company from zero. And it, it, tru- it took <laughs> two and a half years exactly, which was the full duration of COVID. Yeah. Um, and if we had known at the end how long it would have taken or how much money it would have required and how much hardship, but also met with a lot of reward, we may have never, ever done it. Certainly would have never done it had COVID not existed. Yeah, we always say ignorance is bliss. And during this time, um, we were ignorant. We had no jobs. I personally, like, I was motivated out of like safety. Like I, I needed, I needed safety and I needed to know that I'd be okay. Um, because, you know, I didn't really, maybe this is TMI. I didn't really grow up much so, with much. So I've always made what I earned. And this was a super scary time for me to like not feel like I was safe. So I needed to build my own safety net, which was building a company um, that, we are so proud of and we're we're we are determined to make it successful and you know i would say now we have (laughs) milestones we've hit like our own milestones with the business you know we don't um but i would say that we're successful right now and it's it's been one a wonderful journey (laughs) we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. everything starts from the top, right? Like, so I think May and I also went through a lot of our own personal growth and hardships to get to a point where egos were completely removed. And we had to have really honest conversations with each other about a year and a half in to try to like determine our best partnership structure. And moreover, determine at that point, we were like real, like the company was real. We're like, yeah, we're in a marriage proposal together. Like we're doing the thing. Like we've got yeah. to really figure out how we're going to be at our most solid foundation to be able to lead at a level where we can best manage others and um, support one another in the most like loving, empathic, productive, efficient way. 
And that like a lot of people don't really speak about that, but we were speaking to our attorneys when we were building our marriage contract and they were like, you know, over 80% of co-founder relationships end in a divorce. And that really always stuck with us. So um, we knew that kind of like nurturing our relationship and ensuring it was at the best possible place was how we were going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So on top of what both of you said, I have like four questions. All right. <laughs> so let's, I'll, I'm going to rapid fire them and hopefully right. we'll, we'll answer in, in your, quickly. in your, no, no, you don't have to answer quickly. Um, but in your, in your storytelling, maybe you can get to each answer. Um, May, you said something like you needed a safety net so you had to build your own. And mm-hmm. Emily, you also probably by selling all your Disney socks, which is probably a good in hindsight thing that it's tanking. But <laughs> um, um, she's like, no, no. everything ebbs and flows. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like what most people would do is, oh, that is my safety net. Don't touch it. Right. So here you are saying you needed to feel safe. You didn't grow up with much. You've always, you know, eaten off of what you made. Mm-hmm. What is within either one of you that took that big of a risk? Question one. Question two, when you came together after a year and a half and it felt real and you're doing the nitty gritty, like how did you decide to align and get over those tough hurdles that all co-founders have? Ali and I have had tough times. My brother and I have had tough times. So what made you say, okay, good, I'm going to stay in the marriage um, rather than, you know, be a co-parents? Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You want to go well, first? It's, it's <laughs> interesting. I'll answer the question. First question. You can answer the second, May. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Copy that. Um, <laughs> I'll give you the hardest question. <laughs> um, okay, question one. Um, we always talk about this. Like, what motivates you? Um, what motivates you in life? And there's so many layers in an answer to that question. But what, when, when you like really think of the root, like the root to everything, it's like, why are you getting mad? Why are you projecting? There's a root to everything. And the root, my, May is motivated, I think, by being monetarily successful. Um, amongst many other things, these are, we're happy to say the uncomfortable things. So we're just going to lean in. <laughs> I want all the uncomfortable things. Okay, cool. We're, we're going to give it to you because so it's just, just, just like. Vomit them all. Okay, vomit. Um, everyone. Wait, not that I'm not that I'm like a money hungry. <laughs> no, 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 no. This I you don't even have like to a... qualify the statement. You are motivated okay. by the cash money, as am I, and I'm sure <laughs> yes. I love what I do. But if I wasn't making money, like I might go find something that made me a bit more money. So it's not it's not something yes. to apologize or yeah right. qualify. This is like okay. your co-founder Ali says all the time when we have the. So we are part of Female Founder Collective, which everyone knows. You know, Rebecca is the second leg at the helm of this incredible community <laughs> of women entrepreneurs that like, honestly, some of my closest friends today have come out of, or some of my greatest like compadres in business, <laughs> um, women that I really respect. So, I mean, so much respect to you for building that. Um, but Allie always goes around the room and she's like, what's your fuck you number? 
Like she's so, I love how she's so direct about like women are so afraid to talk about money and being successful monetarily. Mm -hmm. And it's getting comfortable with that because men do not have the same feeling. Um, So pull it back, hone it in. May is motivated by money (laughs) because of her upbringing. Um, May is the ultimate hustler. I mean, she's, if she has gigs, she still is a DJ, a part-time DJ. Um, and one of the most sought after DJs at that. So she DJs. And one of the most amazing shout out. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, she can read a room like nobody else and she can create a vibe. It's funny. May doesn't listen to music when she's working. She doesn't listen to music while she's in the car. I'm like, how does this girl, she's just a machine when it comes to work or to music. She's like, this is a job. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm the opposite. But so May, um, May works part-time as a DJ. Sometimes she has like two to three gigs in a week on a plane, taking a red eye, but she is up at 5 a.m. grinding on Dune because she is so full-time on Dune and then some. She has her priorities to like, not only does DJing give her another sense of purpose that's only her own, but it also gives her a source of income. So she's smart. I'm like, spend all my money on pillows. Um, but, um, They're beautiful, by the way. I love your pillows. <laughs> oh my God, this is so. By the way, these are mock pillows. I'm like, don't. Oh no, she does. She no, does I love how you're like, this is video recording because they're like seeing inside my life. Um, I am motivated by winning. Um, I was like hyperly competitive growing up. I was, you know kind of had to be like the best at every extracurricular activity. I, you know, I really, I really excel. You want to win. I really would. My mom was like, you're talented in all these things. So why didn't you, why wouldn't you do them all at an 11? Um, so I think I'm, I've been groomed to be like that. And I knew that if we were going to put all of our muscle time and money into this, brand, we were going to stop at nothing to make it go to the top. And so I think the combination of those two things has also helped us to be successful uh, because of what motivates us at the core. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And the second question, the, the, the partnership. Second question. The partnership <laughs> question. Yeah. So, you know, a year and a half in, we had to finally sign our operating agreement and we had really you know tough conversations i think um the one takeaway is yeah ego like putting it aside you know i think it it stung at first for me to think that oh i you know i'm going to take a step back and you know let emily be ceo and and be a leader and you know at first it it stung because i was like oh i'm a founding member it felt like it, it should be half half but then you like kind of like I did a lot of therapy about it and I was like you know what like I kind of don't want this position (laughs) you know like I want I want Emily to lead like I want to be the founding team and I want to grow this business of her and this is as much of my idea as hers and I just have to like stick with that and it's not an ego punch not that I'm worth less or anything but I was just like I kind of don't want it and I can see her, I can, I had this vision of her excelling at, at 
fundraising and all this stuff that like I kind of was like terrified of. And um, yeah, it just worked. It just worked out, and like, and it's been going great. And I'm so proud to see that she's been flourishing and doing all this stuff. Just because like fundraising is tough, as you you know, it's tougher as a woman, as women, and it's it's been insane. But yeah, you know, taking a step back, let letting go of your ego. Would you say like debilitating? Debilitating. Debilitating. Yes. Yes. I, I've had Anyways, low, low anxiety the, the last few days on the fundraising topic, and it's yes, I feel you. So, and it, and and mm-hmm. I think it's incredible, May, that you acknowledge like this is not the role for me, and and now yeah. you're thriving in the role that you have. As I'm assuming, yes. even though Emily's debilitated, she's also thriving. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also a level of respect that you need to, you know, there's a cadence in the way that you speak to your partner and the way that you include them. So there's never, you know, I think at every level you have to, ego's got to go in the trash. So it's, yep. it's mm-hmm. allowing someone a seat at the table and being really fair. Um, I That's like one part of being a woman that's so unbelievable. And at like this, at the level of like, you know, putting everything at risk and building a business is we're so empathic by nature. Like we're nurturing out of the womb. (laughs) And I think that that is really why I think statistically women like CEOs, I think 75 plus percent of women CEOs are more successful um, just because we think about everyone's feelings. We care. um, And we can also juggle and multitask a lot at once. Um, so I think being empathic, both of us has really helped us too in navigating around really challenging times and leaning on one another to grow and thrive and in like during the most challenging times, both personally and professionally. You know, we've gone through a mm-hmm. lot of change personally too, that at the top, as you know, Rebecca, like you really can't talk about. Um, right. You have to be like stoic and this and this really like kind of nurturing front um, that's absorbing a lot of everybody else's needs and concerns, whereas yours are, it's like mom's the word and you have yep. to be. Um, so there's a lot that comes with that too. And I've spent a lot of time uh, myself thinking about self-care and how to, um, yeah, how to kind of like navigate around that challenge. Yep. Yep. So I want to I want to talk about a challenge but before that you know you mentioned you've hit success mm-hmm. um two and a half years later what what is what did you define as that for both of you being women of our word and then some mm-hmm. not making your it- word to each other or what yeah well we're like we're we're like very much in line. I mean, another thing that we are super grateful for is how aligned we aren't really everything it's It's unbelievable because we had never been in business together before, but we like we agree on mo- pretty much everything um no, I mean, in terms of like we've raised we're now in our second fundraise um it's being women are in our <laughs> we women of our word. And what we've promised and then exceeding that um, goal within a year's time. So we launched June 8th of last year. 
It's, so it's been a year and some change. I think for us, a main pillar for the business or a main, main pillar for the business is accessibility. Since we knew that convenience is key in this category, even the most upper echelon, say conscientious moms who are buying for themselves and their family are going to the nearest store in proximity to their house, the beach, the pool, wherever they're traveling to, unlike skincare or beauty products where they'll wait like a week to get something in the mail or they'll travel to a goop to go pick it up at the country mart. You know, they're, they don't have the same purchasing behavior in sun care. Um, so accessibility for us was really key. And the way we define that was through amazing retail partnerships, both on kind of the more specialty regional boutique surf shop hotel side of things. Um, today we're with like some of the greatest lifestyle boutiques and surf shops that we've always admired and shopped at from, you know, when, whenever we could drop in there and afford anything. Um, but, um, and then from the likes of, you know, your favorite coastal boutique hotel that, uh, feels like a really special experience to the big conglomerate prestige hotels, like the Ritz Carlton's Four Seasons, St. Regis's. So I think, you know, when we launched D2C, we, May and I rushed to those accounts, um, both in LA and New York, because we we're like, we know our brand would sit really well here. And we're going to stop at nothing to ensure that we can have a spot on their shelf. Today, we sit in over 150 of those accounts. And like, we, the amount of DMs or text messages we get from people that we know and don't know, who are like, I was in Ohio, and I was at my favorite boutique in you know, Cincinnati and it's unbelievable. And we don't have a personal relationship with that boutique founder, but we're so grateful that they took us on and they believed in us by way of maybe our stockist or our packaging, hopefully our product first. But, um, you know, we've been able to secure placements at like the Surf Lodge, as you mentioned, we're the only sun care brand that's being sold there. You know, that's an in-kind partnership. They sponsored a few of our events because we were buddies with the Surf Lodge team. Um, we have, we're at Saturdays New York because we're buddies of the co-founder, Morgan Collette. Um, we're the only non-Saturdays brand that sits in that store um, besides his brother's brand nature of things. So the fact that, you know, it's those relationships that define success to us, um, you know, that a lot of our other competitors don't have a place in. Not to say they couldn't, it's just, I think relationships really helped us there. Venturing into big box, you know, today we sit in almost upwards of 750 doors one year in. We're partners with yeah. Ultra. We've made their Conscious Beauty program. We made their Sparked assortment, which kicked off two weeks ago. Man, are flying to Chicago this weekend uh, for a big Sparked party um, in one of their Chicago stores. We have like big dune towers, multi-tier with our portrait and quote and all of it. Like it's crazy, crazy. With the success, have you stopped to celebrate it? <sighs> May. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess we had like a Christmas party together. By the way, okay. we're the only two. We're the only two full-time employees of Dune. So our our first uh, Christmas party was a little sad, I think. <laughs> but fun. Sad. We had a ball. We had a ball. But so many times people don't stop, right? They don't stop and yeah, say, holy shit. We don't, you know, know, we're in all. Oh, and I, and I, so I just yeah, was curious I we, if you stop. I, and go, okay. I, think, I think we actively need to take more time and be like, holy shit. I mean, we text each other all day long, as you know, like we're chatting from like, 
8 a.m. to like 9 p.m. every day. And we're like always like, holy shit, did that just happen? But we never really like take the time to celebrate yeah. together, which we should. We talk about it. Yeah. We're like celebrate the yeah. wins. I mean, we acknowledge yeah. it at this point because it's a year and some change. We're like, we have to just keep, keep going. Um, yeah. Despite like a lot of the wins, this is like another thing too. There's a lot of challenges that are happening at the same time. Of well. So it's, it's. So give me, give me the biggest one. What's been the biggest one that was an, oh shit. How the fuck are we going to solve for this? There's been a few. one that you feel comfortable sharing, obviously. I mean, I would say like the reigning challenge is fundraising. Um, and, you know, we I'm going to say something that we haven't spoken about before, but now I feel like we have the platform. To, um, you know, we can point to some brands in our space that are run by men and have launched maybe a year before us who have the same kind of milestones in terms of distribution. And I, I think that the statistic, which I've always known about, which is less than 3% of women ever receive institutional capital. I've never felt that more before in my life. Um, May and I talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, we've won five awards for best sunscreen of the year. We are in 750 doors with all the top retail partners. Um, we are so like, we are so, we are ultimate like executors and problem solvers. Um, May and I made the Inc. Female Founder 200 list. We, we've just like hit Woo! so many things. Um, yeah. that for us, it's like, we have to, at this point, we feel like we've really proven ourselves out. And there's a level of gambling when it comes to the investment side, right? Because especially in early as early stage investors, you're um, you're taking a risk. There's there's obviously numbers which speak for themselves, and then there's a level of belief that you have to have in the overall vision and in the word of the founders who are promising you something that they can execute on. So. You know, there's a lot that we can point to on the second part, which is like, you got to just take a leap, like off the cliff with us and believe that we can get there and we're going to make you really proud one day. Um, But there's a level of like, maybe we'll wait a couple more months to see how you do. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. I don't know why uh, amidst like a very challenging market that we're hyperly aware of. Like there's, there's out there and we're like not understanding why it's we've been at this like fundraise for a year what i have recently to vcs is this this is like my impression of a woman raising cat or like pitching herself to a vc firm she's they're like hey what's your revenue for the year it's like based on tangible po's and expected sell-through from our existing retail partners base case scenario is that we're going to make X very conservatively. We believe we can really kind of optimize based on X, Y, and Z and make this instead. But this is the base case scenario. This is how I believe a man raises, or like is pitching to an investment group. They're like, we're going to make 20 mil. We got a few things to point to. <laughs> like, you just got to believe in the vision, write the check. And like, there's obviously there's like I'm not knocking men and there's like way more finesse to this but like I think women are so safe when it comes we're so brutally honest 
um, mm-hmm. because we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. We we want to exceed expectations and like put our nose to the grindstone and really prove something. Um, so I do like I've been struggling with that a little bit. You know, someone said to me like you sounded really like you were kind of bullish and like a man in that meeting. I'm like, what does that even mean? What is that like, mean? thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is a fascinating, uh, consideration, like the psychology behind it. To yep. Me. Now I was going to say like, we can talk about this topic forever, about yeah. like the nuances of being a woman and like the expectation that comes out from us as leaders, as, you know, if we're, if we're too direct, we're, we're like mean, if we're to this, we're that it's insane. Women have a challenging time asking for things. Any advice that you would like to relay that you either have learned the hard way, maybe for you, Emily, it's the fundraising may, you know, maybe it's the need to whatever, whatever arena you want to talk about, that's been the most challenging for you. Um, and if, advice that was helpful from someone else or something you learned that you feel would be helpful that you'd love to pass on? Mm. I mean, you talk about celebrating the wins. I definitely think that that is critical. Um, It's taking stock in your accolades, big and small, um, and taking a moment to congratulate yourself, congratulate your team members. Um, I'm going to derail again, but I actually just listened to uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's podcast, Wiser Than Me, which is epic if you haven't listened to it yet. And she was... Oh, that's a good one. Oh my God. Have you listened to it yet? No, no, no. But as you talk to me, I'm going to my podcast and I'm going to download it. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. She like, she interviews iconic women who are older than she is, who've had really reputable careers and picks their brains. And it's they like, the best part is that all these women in outside of the fact that they're just like total icons, just really don't give a shit. So like they shoot it to you straight. And one of the episodes I recent I listened to recently was with Jane Fonda. And she had asked, you know, Jane was kind of going off about how for the first time ever, she Googled herself very recently. And Um, Julia says, so what was your takeaway? Like assuming that she'd say something, you know, critiquing in a negative way. And she said, to be honest, the only thing that I thought when I stepped away was how brave I was. And I was like, I think that's such an amazing sentiment. Um, so I think I, I, I believe, um, it takes a lot of bravery as a woman to take big risks. Um, but my advice, I mean, with a caveat that I think May and I were really fortunate in our timing, you know, COVID's silver lining was the time and space that allowed us to do this. Um, but we did do it without really anything, any cushion. Um, and um, so I think I think it's putting one step in front of the other every single day. Don't think about the big picture. Just think about the little thing that you can do. Maybe it's connecting with a friend to get uh, a vendor source. Um, maybe it's uh, like doing putting together one page of a PowerPoint or a business plan 
Um, you know, it's little tiny things. And I think always ask for help. People want to help you. Um, even people who don't know you, I think everyone is self-absorbed enough that they want to feel a level of importance. So, <laughs> so I think that, um, always ask for help. Um, I love that. it's the only way that yeah. we honestly are here today is through the, the friends and the new, the old friends and the new friends who, who gave us a leg up. Totally. Um, and I think my advice would be, and this applies to both me as a DJ and at Dune to like, to not compare to yourself to like other brands or other people and like just believe in yourself and your business and your vision because you know in the beginning when we ideated on dune um you know everyone was saying you should target gen z you should target millennial and like we're like no we want to we want to appeal to everyone and everywhere and uh we stuck by that and i think it's resonated as that and we're so proud of that and um yeah comparing will will take you into a loophole <laughs> into a spiral it will and kill like, you it, it will kill you if you're thinking yeah. that you should be this way because this other brand is doing that so yeah Agreed. stay in your lane and believe, believe amen to that Woo. um so my last question for both of you and this is where i like to get the surprising side of like <laughs> what is the most surprising thing about you whether it's a habit or a desire or a you know i i Hillary Kerr likes to shower, I think twice a day and change her sheets every day. And I was like, wow, that, that is a lot of work, but I love it. <laughs> That's like when Martha Stewart said she has to iron her sheets every single day. You know, she's not doing it. Someone else is, but her sheets have to be cleaned and ironed every single day. That's oh, that'd drive me crazy. Yeah. What a thing. Um, what a thing. I'm good for like, uh, you know, if I get them changed once a week, I'm winning. Yeah, I think that's the standard, right? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's two weeks and I'm like, whatever. Just, it's okay. <laughs> once a month. Um, <laughs> once a week. It's, it's customary, I think. Um, oh, May, what would yours be? Uh, you already disclosed my big secret that I was going to say. <laughs> What's that? I was going to say that, like, I like to sit in silence. <laughs> I don't listen to music as like. I feel better. There's an. I feel so much better that you said that, and that you feel that way. (laughs) Because I, you know what, my husband has to have music playing all the time, and so now now my kids, and so when I am alone, I'm like, I don't want. I just want to focus. Well, you also have you just baby, by the way. Congratulations! Like how (laughs) you do it is. It's so funny. It's like I was as I was getting ready this morning, I was like, it's so funny that she's interviewing us because she's you're like, so you you are epitomized like the woman who does it all. Um, it, it's I'm just the, I'm just the front. I'm just the front woman. There's a there's about 20 more women who do it all next to me. Sure. So you know what I mean, see, that's such a female response. Like, you do, but it's so true. Much. I'm here. Someone's editing this. My assistant set it up. I have a CEO. I have a designer. You know, like I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not minimizing it. I'm just being real. It couldn't be possible otherwise. I have Ali yeah. as a co-founder. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. We bought you time, Emily. What is the most surprising thing about you? And then I'll let you guys uh, go rule the 
the incredible Dune World. Love for art. Um, so I always have. And pillows. And pillow. I love. I mean, in my after Dune, if like all things go to plan, if I have the time, besides like being a mom next, hopefully, um, is my next greatest purpose, um, I will likely be an interior designer, maybe. Love that. Um, so I, um, Okay. I love drawing and painting. I always have since I was a young kid, I kind of took a hiatus on it for a long time. Um, because I, you know, was working and just wasn't finding time to do it. And I've come back to it. And so one of my big, when it, since I was a kid, I was always like, I really want to fill my home with my own art and kind of have it go unsigned and elusive <laughs> in the background. And so I've started doing that and it's been really that kind of rewarding and I have a huge affinity for arranging flowers as well I think they all kind I love of that man interior design she's a mini she's a mini Martha Stewart like I, <laughs> I love I see it. that for I you love it. yeah I love I see like, that for you foraging <laughs> on before holidays and like decorating my whole family's house it's like something I really the creative side of it is something I really love awesome well it shows Dune is a beautiful product um, not only what's inside, but the outside is like, I know you said hopefully product first, but it starts with seeing it on the shelf and yeah. like you have captured that. So in, like I close my eyes. I'm like, holy shit. That is, I want that in my bag on my shelf. <laughs> and then I want it on my face. Um, so just share with everyone, your website, your handles everywhere where people can buy Dune. Yeah. Um, you can buy Dune on uh, dunesuncare.com. We also have a fairly extensive stockist list on our stockist page on our website. So you can check us out where you can buy us locally. We also are available on Amazon. Um, our handles at Dune Suncare. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.